All right, news roundup, information overload hour, Sean Hannity Show. Well, I got to tell you, it looked like it was a hell of a party on the 30-acre estate in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, now, originally, it was only gonna, there was going to be 700 people there. Then they said, no, we're only going to do it 100 or 200 because the Obamas were being criticized for uh, the super spreader event. And to be fair to Obama... I mean, that super spreader event is nothing compared to what Joe's doing to the entire country by letting millions of illegal immigrants into the country, not testing them for COVID at all, but just putting him in his cages that are overcrowded uh, for a period of time, high rate of COVID positivity, and then dispersing them to uh, every state in the country. So not quite as bad as Joe. So by comparison. Anyway, so after the criticism, we're told, no, we're going to scale it back to 100, 200 guests. Now I'm seeing estimates anywhere between 500 and close to the 700 that were originally invited to the party. And I saw some nice pictures. I saw one picture. It looks like Oprah Winfrey. I think it's her dancing with Barack Obama at, uh, at the party. Looks like a lot of fun, I guess. Uh, then, of course, the the toasts that are given and... I saw tables where people didn't look too particularly socially distant. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're on top of each other, sitting at a table. Somebody is speaking at the time, standing up. And I didn't see one mask on one person that was there, at least in the pictures that I saw. The Daily Mail, they had an exclusive that the party continued. And, you know, here it is, his 60th birthday uh, with Oprah and, and Martha's Vineyard. This was, I'd love to, have, I should have sent up, we should have sent our cameras to the local airport to see the planes as they came in you know Dwayne Wade John Legend Chrissy Teigen was there you know all the big stars I don't know why Linda my mic looks like my invitation was lost in the mail not really sure why uh, you wouldn't um, have wanted to go anyway it was a lot of traffic I, <laughs> could you imagine if I walked in it'd be like friends in low places you know I showed up in boots and ruined your black tie affair <laughs> That would be oh, one of those moments. Anyway, you did see, um, oh, oh, John Kerry took his private jet to Obama's birthday bash. So those very, very thoughtful of our, our green uh, New Deal czar and our, and our environmental czar. By the way, he doesn't have a small plane. He has a pretty big plane, um, which I have no problem with whatsoever, except that he tells all of us, you know, that, you know, we're the big polluters in the world. And then makes excuses. His work is so important; he needs to use it. Did you really need to use it to go to a birthday party? Is that a, is that an emergency use? Is that helping the environment? Anyway, you know, Fauci is yet to speak out about the super spreader at our southern border, and he also ignored Obama's birthday bash. I wonder why? Because I bet if it was Trump, I bet he would have commented by now. Just my own guess. One New York Times reporter facing a backlash over. Sophisticated vaccinated crowd. Now, last week we reported on this program, the CDC director actually said that the vaccine no longer prevents people from getting COVID-19. Oh, anyway, we have a uh, reporter for The New York Times reporting on Obama's 60th birthday party at Martha's Vineyard. Here's that report. Yeah. What, what safety precautions are they taking uh, and, and what are people saying on the island uh, on Martha's Vineyard about this? They're saying, uh, well, first of all, to be clear, um, this party is outdoors. All the guests had to submit negative COVID tests to a COVID coordinator. Uh, 
and um, were encouraged to be vaccinated. They were not required to be vaccinated. Um, but most of this crowd is assumed to be vaccinated. So they're following all CDC precautions. Um, the feeling on the island, I heard mixed things from people I interviewed. There were people who were legitimately upset that there was going to be hundreds of people traveling from across the country, showing up on the island, a small community um, of summer residents who are nervous about getting together at all. Um, I quoted Rose Styron, the widow of the novelist William Styron in my piece, saying she really was upset about this, even though she was invited to one of the Obama pre-parties. Um, other people said, you know, this is really being overblown. They're following all the safety precautions. People are going to sporting events that are bigger than this. This is going to be safe. This is a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. And, and this is just about optics. It's not about safety. All right. Annie Carney, thanks so much. All right. Joining us for their unique take on this extravaganza. Maybe they had invitations that mine obviously got lost in the mail. Mark Simone, uh, our fellow host on our flagship in New York, uh, AM 710, WOR, Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, columnist for The Hill, hopefully the host of his own show on Fox on the media mob uh, one day soon. Uh, welcome, both of you. Did it, either of you get an invitation? Mark, you get an invitation? Nah, I was busy that night. <laughs> you, did, <laughs> you were busy that night. You mean you wouldn't have gone if you got the invitation? No, you had too many plans already in the works? You ever been to Martha's Vineyard? That is the dullest place ever. Everybody's 100. It's, the, it's worse than being on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. I've been in Nantucket once. Uh, guess Nantuck, that Obama. Nantucket is Paris compared to Martha's Vineyard. Well, the only thing I liked about it, you know, I was like, you know, a young adult. I was like 18, 19. I rode a moped all day. That's all I did. <laughs> guess that the party apparently now have deleted their Instagram posts after former president was seen dancing at his epic bash joe were you invited i had to clean out my salt and pepper shakers that night sean so yes i was invited of <laughs> course but you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes and when we had to miss it but uh a couple things to unpack here all right uh the cdc deemed dukes county that's where martha's vineyard is located that's a high transmission area that requires mass and the president most of his guests like you talked about all oh, i couldn't find one uh ignored that while dancing inside now remember that reporter from the new york times uh told cnn that well this is an outdoor party no just because you put the tent up outside it doesn't make it an outside party in fact tents you can make the argument are worse because there's no ventilation right i mean at least inside of a normal building and ventilation this is just this prop-up tent that i think is going to host the super bowl in 2025 it was so big and, and by the way if this party was so safe if the criticism was so overblown then why did the dj at the party who put the photos up on social media why was he ordered to delete them because that may look like you're trying to hide something so again rules for the not for d's as in democrats sean <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I guess we were just talking about this in the last half hour. I mean, Mark, you, you're Mr. New York City. I don't know what the hell you see in that place. I mean, I know. I, now, I know you know everybody. I understand it. You know, people love you in New York. They absolutely despise me. I'm not sure why, because our politics are not that much different, to be honest. Uh, maybe a few nuances here and there, but not a whole lot different. And yet you're you're one of the most loved people in New York and, and MC so many big events. And but anyway, so you, you know, for example, in New York, all the streets now are covered in these plastic outdoor restaurants. OK, yeah. it's supposedly they're outdoors. They're not outdoors. 
It's just a, it's a, it's a temporary plastic indoor room. It's, it's total BS what they're doing. And by the way, I don't blame the companies, the, the restaurants. They got to survive. Yeah, well, they're actually all wooden now. They built these wooden, uh, like, sheds. It's like you're eating in an outhouse. It looks ridiculous. (laughs) Boy, that's really, that makes everything that much more, you know, appetizing. Yeah, and what's the point of of going out if you're going to be alone in this little thing all of a sudden? And uh, um, but I I think you've been way too cruel on on Obama. He did cut the guest list. Guest list. They told Andrew Cuomo not to come. And uh, (laughs) I didn't think about that. I didn't see Cuomo there. John Kerry, (laughs) State Department, saying, uh, "No, no, he did not fly and pray. He lives there, and and he took the ferry." Meanwhile, we got a picture of him in a jet. I don't know. We ever get to the bottom of it? You could see these guys were wiping the handrails on their yachts. They were very careful. Very <laughs> they always come up with these things to explain their hypocrisy. Remember when Al Gore was driving all those SUVs and he said, "Oh, I purchased a carbon credit." What the heck is a carbon credit? That now for a this carbon thing, credit is like cheating on your wife and saying, "Here's a diamond, honey. Good luck." Yeah, you know, you know, it's like I bought a cheating credit, so another guy won't cheat on you, his wife. So uh, <laughs> I know it's so dumb. And then they what? have this co- this uh, corona coordinator. What the hell is that? It's a doctor. That's all it is. And knowing them, it was that uh, that ghoul Zeke Emanuel. Probably they invited him to cover it. Okay, now we got we got our COVID official here, just in case. Um, it I, I, it just is breathtaking hypocrisy. So I don't really think they scaled it back much, if at all, Joe. Uh, by the looks and the sounds of it. Now, I don't know if you saw last minute now. Now, everybody that put up Instagram photos, they're all being told to take it down quick. Hurry up, take it down, take it down. Everybody take it down. I don't get it. That's supposed to be the most transparent president in history. Supposed to be sharing all this stuff, right? And look, uh, our media, I watch the Sunday shows. Unfortunately, it's what I do for a living. No mention of Obama Fest anywhere on any of the Sunday talk shows. But Chuck Todd, who will never be confused with Tim Russert, he then broaches the Sturgis biker rally in an interview with the ubiquitous Dr. Fauci. And, of course, Fauci goes off on the biker rally and said, this is dangerous, we shouldn't be doing it, but, of course, doesn't bring up Obama's nationalist mega party, right? So... Look, that may lead some people to think that perhaps Dr. Fauci increasingly sees things through a political prism than a scientific one. But, but either way, our, our so-called leaders are not leading by example, clearly. Obama, Newsom, Pelosi, Lightfoot, Bowser, countless others, all Democrats, by the way, all caught breaking their own rules. And they don't care because they know that most of the media, they're going to provide cover instead of coverage. You know, you raise so many good points here. And now, now the point is, where's Fauci on the border a million people, high Great rate point. of COVID positivity, Mark Simone, uh, says nothing. Where is he on Obama's super spreader party in Martha's Vineyard? Well, we're also getting reports of about three or four DUIs after that party that had to be covered up. And Why can't they call an Uber? Don't they can't afford an Uber? I never understand this. Athletes, same thing. Uh, okay, wait a minute. DUI, Slow down a second. Joe, you, 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 you expect that that, that, that crowd of celebrity A-listers is going to call just any old Uber? You don't yeah, think every point. every limousine service on the island uh, was used that day? Because I'm pretty certain it pro- they probably were all booked. Not every. Oh, yeah, good point. So I guess people are out. They had no other options. I'll sleep over. The place looks big enough. You can't find a spare room somewhere. That well, there's place. 30 acres. You could just sleep out in the oh. woods, right? Wow. <laughs> 
And how is the left not slamming this? Like, you know, in other words, John Kerry wasn't the only one who took a private jet there. You're a celebrity. You've got to get to that island. It's impossible to get to. Uh, I would think that there were the missions and uh, an ozone layer completely blown open as a result of this party. I, I don't hear anything from uh, AOC. What's going on with that? No, that's a good point, too. Quick break. More with Mark Simone, Joe Concha. Then your calls, 800-941-SEAN, as we continue on this Monday. All right, back to uh, Mark Simone, Joe Concha. We have all this going on with Cuomo. I got to get your take, Mark Simone. I don't think he survives politically, but I don't think it's his biggest worry either, as we were discussing in the last hour. Uh, We now have a second woman in this particular case. uh, It was the person known as executive assistant number one. The second person describing groping, grabbing, unwanted touching, etc. I watched the interview. She seemed extraordinarily, well, very bluntly, credible to me. And it was, I, felt, I felt bad for her watching it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. There's 11 accusers in the Attorney General's report, and he keeps responding, and his lawyers keep responding to two of these cases. They never mention the other nine. If you go back and watch his lawyer's uh, Zoom call on Friday, they didn't present any evidence. you got, you got to have, uh, well, she got the date wrong, or here's an affidavit from a state trooper that they were never in the room alone. You, they don't have anything, nothing. Uh, Melissa DeRosa, who's his, uh, uh, let's just say, his enforcer, she quit uh, yesterday. That's a bad sign. People think that she's made some kind of deal to be a witness, and that's why she's getting out now. Uh, He's got a less than 1% chance of survival on this. Okay, it's survival, but then I look at the criminal side of it. Obviously, the media is not as harsh against Andrew Cuomo as they would be against any Republican, uh, Joe Concha, but even still... The media can't ignore this. No, they can't because every Democrat in the state has basically turned on Cuomo. So it's a simple matter of math. And right now they have the votes to impeach if they wanted to. And it'll be just like Nixon. Nixon saw the numbers. He saw that Republicans were going to vote for impeachment as well and said, all right, I'm going to leave on my own terms. And he resigned. So I say that Cuomo does not get out of the month of August, maybe even right. next week, because it, it's, there's just no there's no uh, pathway for him, quite frankly. What I've concluded in this, Mark Simone, because Republicans aren't doing this to Cuomo. This is Democrats. Republicans have no power in New York right now. My question is, why is he so hated? It seems like nobody likes him. He is the worst guy ever. This is every Democrat has told me this. He has no friends among Democrats. Everybody in the Democratic world has been threatened by him, uh, coerced into something. Even this Melissa DeRosa, she was famous for when you wanted you to make a statement or do something and you said no, she'd always say, "We won't forget. We'll remember that you didn't do this." For always, always threatening. Uh, besides the Me Too problem, all that other stuff, they just want this guy gone. It's too much baggage for them. It really is. I, I don't know if you know. And then, of course, because I, I don't see any but Democrats standing up for him. And, and I just assumed watching, knowing Democrats so often just stick together that like whether you like Bill Clinton or not, he was liked by a lot of Democrats. They liked him personally. And that yeah. made a difference. Nobody's nobody likes Cuomo, it seems, on the Democratic side. All right, Joe uh, Concha. Thank you, Mark Simone. Always great to have you guys. Appreciate you being with us. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. As promised, to our busy phones we go. Uh, as we say hi, Mike is in the great state of Florida. Mike is a lot smarter than I am. He's He lives in a, a state with no income taxes, 
very low property taxes compared to New York, especially with much better infrastructure, half the budget and, with you know, the same population as New York, for crying out loud, almost. Uh, Mike, glad you called, sir. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Longtime listener, first time caller. Appreciate Welcome you aboard. Being Where in Florida are you? I'm in Tampa. I love Tampa. By the way, how great how great is Tampa's sports teams? You got the Tampa Bay Lightning. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can you guys win any more this you know year? Anything else you're going to be winning? Your baseball team's well, been doing well. Well, I'm an Indians fan, but I'm a I'm a Rays fan as well, and uh, the Rays look pretty good for uh, this. Post-season They're looking pretty good. Up, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the That'd Yankees awesome. are making their way back, though. I saw they were five games out. I saw that, too. I saw that, too. Oh, good. Pay attention, because we're, we're coming back. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, but you did you, you did beat past, the Islanders in Game Tampa. 7 and, you know, and then went on to win the Stanley Cup, and I can't fault you for that. <laughs> it was a, You I had know. a great team, but by the way, that great team ain't coming back next year. You're in trouble. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I love it's Tampa. already happening. You're losing Ohio. key players. Uh, but anyway, what's on your mind? Hey, listen, I just uh, wanted to give a little positive insight of uh, this COVID uh, uh, diagnosed with it about three weeks ago. Um, I'm battling prostate cancer right now. I'm a severe asthmatic. Um, I had symptoms, you know, three weeks ago, early on a Monday or late on a Monday afternoon. Had a severe back pain, then it went to my head. And then I had a uh, little bit of a fever. And then I took some Motrin and, and just actually, you know, just fought it for a couple of days. On the other hand, I was diagnosed, you know, two days later to get tested. I came through this basically with flying colors. And if anybody would have a chance of really getting severely ill with this, being asthmatic, having the cancer that I have, it should have been me. On the other hand, my uh, fiance, she got it. Obviously, she contracted it for me. Uh, she was gracious enough to, uh, you know, fight through it as well through a lot of uh, nutritional supplements and so forth. But she did have to get on some breathing treatment and so forth, and she's she's doing well today. But I just I just want but, to give a let me just say outlook. one thing, and this is sure. important: the overwhelming numbers of people, you know, it sucks. It's you know, varying symptoms for for younger people. Again, that's changing a little bit with the Delta variant, but. You know, their, their symptoms have been almost all mild and, and in some cases almost asymptomatic. Um, I, I know people that have I know a person that had a stroke um, on dialysis, type two diabetes and came through mm-hmm. it with shining colors. I, I, and mm-hmm. I said to the person, I said, you know, we'll pray for the best here, but this isn't going to this isn't this isn't looking good. And sure enough, I was dead wrong, thankfully. Um, and, but, uh, now can I ask you how old you are? Sure. I'm 64. Okay. And how bad's your prostate cancer? What stage? Well, I'm in, I'm in a, the Gleason scales between six and seven. So I haven't done any active, uh, you know, radiational treatment or you're doing watchful waiting right now. I am. I'm doing watchful waiting. I mean, you know, God as my, uh, Lord and savior, he's, he's, he's put me through this, you know, Yeah, but don't uh, forget God also, you know, gives Gives great doctors great talent. Don't ever forget sure, that part absolutely. too. Absolutely, I'm not. I'm but they not have, look, there's a whole line. range of options short of you know the the, the surgery. Uh, I won't go through them. I'm sure you know all about them. But there's and they've made a lot of progress on it. Um, you know, it's said that almost every man will die with some prostate cancer in in their in their body. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Absolutely. very common. I know many, many men that have had it and treated it successfully, and they just go on and live happy, happy normal lives. Yeah. You know, my friend Ollie Absolutely. North years ago at, and Rudy Giuliani, they had, you know, those, those radiology seeds inserted and planted, and they had mm-hmm. that treatment. There's other treatments. But, you know, so you're going to go over all that with your doctor. I'm not your doctor, but, um, but at least, but not having been treated didn't compromise your immune system, correct? Exactly. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in pretty good shape for a guy my age, and I'm blessed to be, be in the shape I am. And I'm, I'm a nutritional guy anyway, so I think that's how I fought through the, the whole virus and so forth. But if, if I could, Sean, could I say just a couple things about what's going on in our nation right now? Sure. Sure. Uh, last night, for the first time since, um, since I was in the military in 1979, I rem- you know, you remember the Iranian hostage situation. Uh, I got I do. down on my knees last night and actually prayed for this nation. I think we're at a time um, to take a stand against the socialistic position we're faced with right now. Uh, this divisive identity politics uh, with the virus, with the mask, with the non-mask, with the, um, you know, the vaccine, the non-vaccine. I mean, we're in a turning point in this country right now. And yes, last night I got down on my knees. I prayed for this nation because I think we need to be, we need to wake up as Americans and really, really grasp hold of what's happening right now, you know, with all the things that we're faced with. And there's, there's a lot of people out there, Sean, and you, you know it more than I know that they're being silent. You know, we're being silenced on Facebook. We're being silenced on Instagram. We're being fact checked by this and fact checked by that. And it's a situation that, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the tool shed, but there's a lot of Americans like me that are not speaking out. And I want to, you know, I want to help those people realize what the heck is going on. Well, you sound like a pretty sharp knife to me first. Second, um, let me let me echo your your feelings. And I, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in, in God, our father, natural rights are all endowed by our creator. And I'm a, I'm a non-denominational Christian. That's what, how I, and a Christian defined as somebody that admits that he needs to be a better person. That, exactly. I don't know why everybody thinks a Christian is perfect. L- Linda is now mm-hmm. going to church more than anybody I know. And we know she's not perfect. Um, she, well, thank you, Sean. She won't I, give me her I'm so touched. Number. So I'm, nice. I'm so annoying. Your pastor has every right to yell at me. Give him, give me his number. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, I, you know, people ask me. So, what, what are your plans for your retirement? And I'm like, huh? I, what? I, I saved enough money, so I'm supposed to retire. That's, that's not what motivates me. That's not what motivated me yeah. to do this in the first place. Now, I, yeah. I'm the last person that I thought would ever be successful in any way in radio or TV. I promise you. And, but. I believe with all my heart that if everybody like you, Mike, in Florida thinks like you, I can feel a a rising tide and an energy moving. And I've lived, this is not my first rodeo. It's very reminiscent of the movement that started in, in 2010. And I was a part mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's very reminiscent. I was the MC for Newt Gingrich in 94. It's very reminiscent of what, what drew me into Reagan's presidency, which drew me into talk radio. I will, and my first show was in 1987. It's what drew me to Donald Trump, the disruptor, the iconoclast. And Amen. it's what, what, what draws me every day is, um, 
you know, I, I, I've had a good life, one that I don't, I feel I don't, don't, didn't deserve. And I really feel if we all take the position that we're spokes in the wheel and that we need every spoke to make this wheel, you know, hum, hop, turn properly. And it's not, it's not about, one of the reasons I'm so supportive of so many of my colleagues, I'm not, I'm not in competition with them. Because I, I want them all to do well that that think like us. I am, and Linda, correct me, am I not friends with almost everybody in the business except for those rare exceptions? I mean, you're a very friendly person, 100%. Just, yeah. Well, I mean, because what we do, there's too few of us on radio and too few of us on TV. But it really is going to come down to first changing, bringing integrity and confidence to our election system. That's that we should all be working on now. Then it's going to be prosecuting the case, which they're 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 crushing themselves every day with their stupid policies. And then laying out a vision. Elections are about the future and where we show people this is what we can do to save this country and be the greatest to be that that shining city on the hill, the the, the beacon of freedom around the world it can happen but it's going to take all of us committed together in whatever capacity to do our best and we're doing it you know not just for ourselves but i think about my kids now and what country they're inheriting and my if i ever have grandkids or maybe i'm long dead and gone i don't know but i i want to leave this country better off than we got it conservatism what do we believe we believe in choice in schools not teachers unions we believe in law and order safety and security, free market solutions for health care, not government solutions. We believe in lower taxes, limited government bureaucracy, secure borders. We believe in energy independence, constitutionalists on the bench, free and fair trade, peace through strength. If we just stick to the basics, the things that Trump did, then the America first agenda then this country will be infinitely better off. Look at the damage Joe Biden has done in seven months. I'll give you the last word. Well, I just wanted to say that I, I appreciate your time. And and we all of us thank you for your patriotism, patriotism to this country. And I, I know there's a lot of like-minded people out there. Um, as a young man, you know, growing up, my, my grandparents on my mother's side was from Romania. And my uh, grandfather's side, both both Christians, you know, came came to this country, didn't speak a word of English, and they worked hard all their lives. But they they warned me at a young age that I would be faced in my lifetime with socialism or communism. My one grandma told me that when bread got to five dollars a loaf, I have no idea why she said five dollars but i'll always remember that i'll take that to uh to my grave with me i've told this to my kids and my grandkids and <laughs> you know i pay five dollars for my bread I, I i buy good bread and we're, we're we're just around the corner i just hope that there's a lot of americans like myself yourself that are paying attention and try not to be silenced and try to do all those all those things that are good and godly because this isn't about this isn't about left versus right. It's not about Republican versus Democrat anymore. It's about good versus evil. And we, you know, a lot of times, Sean, I just, I'll just finish with this. A lot of times you have to realize you have to go through total darkness before you truly see the light. Uh, you know, look, nobody escapes this life without some pain. Uh, and that's exactly. the way life's designed. And it's yeah. the pain that defines who we are as people. 
and how we react to that pain and what we learn from. Learn from our, I'd probably learn more from my failures and mistakes than any success that I might have had. Anyway, God bless you, Mike. We want you to stay healthy, too. Uh, Sonia, South uh, Carolina next. Hi, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thank um, you. Good. Um, I'm calling to, uh, well, I guess, overall, I'm just upset that the medical community is not treating COVID uh, when it's first diagnosed versus waiting till the disease has exacerbated and people are near death. I am a hospice nurse, and um, I went a whole year without having one patient um, come on service for hospice. Um, I have not been vaccinated um, this past January. I did come down with COVID myself. I went to an urgent care center. Um, I had lost my taste and smell, and they said go home and take Tylenol. And then around that 7 to 10-day mark where patients are either going to get better or they're going to get worse, I took a downturn and went to an ER here in, in town. And they did not give me any of the antivirals, you know, uh, hydrochloric. Um, I'm tongue-tied. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyway. No, you're doing fine. Uh, they, they got HCQ. Okay. What else? Yes. Correct. Well, they did give me an antibiotic and um, prednisone, and I did get better. It took me about three weeks. Uh, but this past Friday, my daughter's, a friend of my daughter's went to the ER. She's a mother of four, and for about a week, she had been diagnosed and took a downturn, and she went to the same ER that I did. Um, they um, did a chest X-ray. Um, she had pneumonia. Um, she had cardiomegaly, which is enlargement of the heart and said that she needed follow-up, and their follow-up was giving her an oximeter to take home so she could monitor her oxygen levels. Um, they did not give her any steroids, no antibiotic, uh, no antiviral, and um, she was very upset. And I have, you know, I've been listening to your program and have listened to Dr. Fareed and Dr. Tyson, and um, there is a doctor in town um, that uh, my, my daughter was uh, familiar with, and we um, suggested that she go see him. And he did um, give her the medication that she needed. But I'm, I'm just really, it, it almost... You're, you're like, asking me the question, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, I'm just guessing, is okay. that why don't they use therapeutics more often and why isn't it standard? I don't have a, a good answer. We deserve one. 